The issues that matter most, right here. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Let me ask you finally, Tammy, with her deepened faith, does any part of you feel a tug as well? Towards the Catholic Church? Towards the Catholic faith. It's the Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, we'll be talking a little bit in just a moment about Dr. Jordan Peterson. I know a lot of people love him. An incredible intellect. His wife just converted to the Catholic faith. Uh, Say a prayer for his own conversion. What a powerhouse he will be. Uh, My next guest went to hear him and wrote a great piece. He was talking about uh, whether or not Peterson is, is Christian and perhaps more importantly, does it matter? We'll give you a look at that and much more. But before I, I, I talk about Dr. Peterson and and whether or not a Christian perspective on life matters, I, I want to just remind you, especially if you're just tuning in, there is a major event unfolding in our country this July. It's called the National Eucharistic Congress. And I just want to ask you, I don't know, maybe you're getting out of work right now. Maybe you're picking up the kids. Maybe you're running around. If you get a minute, go to your mobile app or go to the Relevant Radio website and and do a quick search. You're going to find I, there's a video of me. Uh, I think it's on the landing page. I haven't seen the landing page, but there's all this information on the Congress. In Relevant Radio, we, we got together. And we were saying, you know something? Time is really running short, and we don't want our family, our Relevant Radio community here, to miss out on the opportunity to be part of the Congress, let alone have a place to stay. So we thought... You know, we're coming to the end of February already. Can you imagine that? This this month is just about over. And before you know it, the months are going to be be zipping by. And if you're like me, you kind of put things off to the last minute. Oh, I'll book later. I'll get my tickets later. So today, in a special way, I just wanted to put this before you and uh, really invite you to be part of it. You can also go to Nativity Pilgrimage slash Eucharistic Congress. You can get all the packages there. There's a lot there. We'll give you a phone number coming up. But um, this is something that I think will be life-changing and transformative. John Paul II said that the Eucharist is the source and the summit of the Christian life. And he said, draw near to it. Bask in its beauty. Be elevated to new heights in your spiritual life. So if you're kind of stagnant or you're praying for somebody, I'm telling you, spend time with the Lord in the Eucharist. But I'm telling you, come out to this event it will be the greatest spiritual event I think you've been to in a very long time. It's a once-in-a-lifetime event, really, once-in-a-generation event. The last one was 1976, the bicentennial year. It tells you how long ago it was. In the studio with me is our chief financial officer. He knows it well. Wow. And and you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. If you missed our conversation, go to the archives or the mm-hmm. podcast. You can hear hour one. We unpacked a lot of stuff about what's happening here. But this really is a generational event, isn't it? And the grace and the... Yeah. uniqueness of this is, I, I think people should take advantage of it. I, I mean, that effect of the Eucharist on conversions and, and transforming lives. I, I mean, I have two quick stories I'm going to share yeah, with please. you, if that's I'd okay. So many years ago, we we had a couple of Mormon missionaries knock on our door. And they started visiting with us. They came back a few more times. We ca- talked about their faith. We talked about ours. Wow. You know, eventually we told them about this experience in our faith Eucharistic adoration. And we said, if nothing else, it's the, the best place to pray because it's quiet, peaceful, and and it's nothing like it. So this Mormon missionary starts going to Eucharistic adoration based on what we told him. Whoa. And he said, it's so phenomenal that, that, that he's like, I want to keep going. So they transfer him to another city. 
And the first thing he asks is his new buddy is, hey, where's the Catholic Church? Not, not what they were, I'm sure this guy was expecting to hear. And he's like, yeah, I want to I wanna go to the Eucharistic Adoration Chapel there. And eventually the bishop had to get involved and basically said, you're going to be excommunicated from the Mormon Church if you don't stop going to Eucharistic Adoration. Wow. And, and this missionary's like, well, I guess I'm going to have to leave the Mormon Church then. So he leaves the Mormon Church, wow. transformed by Eucharistic Adoration, a powerful story. I mean, he's he's doing well, um, and and totally on fire for the Catholic Church. Yeah, Ma- Maggie, remind me, my next guest who's going to be joining us, Doctor Jeff Gardner, was a Mormon, and he converted to the Catholic faith. Yeah. I want to hear his story because I'm sure the Eucharist played a huge, huge role in it. What did you say to get somebody to go to the Eucharistic adoration? I, we just told him about the just this very peaceful, contemplative powerful t- place that's separate from everywhere else. It's just quiet. You know, it's, it's, it's a safe place to pray and you won't be bothered. And it was great. And so when my daughter comes and visits, she's, yeah. she's down in Houston. Um, she goes to adoration every day. Yeah. It's nine o'clock at night or something. Dad, do you want to go to adoration? And I'm like, uh, not really, not right now. <laughs> I'm all settled in, but then yeah. I'm like, you know what? I better go. There you go. So I get in the car, we go, we spend an hour with the Lord and when I walk out of that church, I have exactly what you just talked about. There's such an overwhelming sense of peace. I am so glad I got up off that couch, got yeah. in my car, drove to the church, yeah. and spent time with the Lord. Yeah. And I've heard from other people who said the same thing. They're not Catholic, but they'll go and they'll sit in the back of a yeah. church, and they'll feel the presence of the presence What a great story. Yeah, that's not the only one I have. You want no, I'll give more? you another one. Yeah. All right, I got another one. So, again, related to Mormon missionaries, this is a different set of ones that came to our house. And they weren't good in anywhere with Kim and I and trying to convert us. And so they decided they're going to bring in a married couple that had converted from Catholicism to Mormonism to convince to convince us that they were, had the right path. So we start talking about why they could join the Mormon faith. They gave us their whole spiel about community and all that. And my wife just like stops the woman and she, she looks at her and she's like, I appreciate everything you say. I understand why you became Mormon, but how could you leave Jesus at the altar? And the, the room just got silent. Wow. And it was just like, it felt like an eternity. No one said anything. Good. The husband all of a sudden looks up and he's like, she made me convert. Oh my God. I wanted to stay Catholic. It was <laughs> unbelievable. I didn't want to become Mormon. I, I know. I and Catholic. then she's like, actually, I've always believed in the true presence. I never stopped believing. You're right. I abandoned him. Are you kidding? Gosh. You should have seen those faces on these Mormon missionaries. They're like, oh my gosh, this is not how... You yeah. see my face. That's amazing. That <laughs> it was two incredible stories. So, and again, if if the Eucharist was just a symbol, that would not have mattered to her at all. It, she would have been unflinching in in her response of just like, oh yeah, whatever. That's just a symbol. Yeah, right. But it it had transformed her on some level that she had not forgotten the impact that the Eucharist had on her life. And and to me, when we show up for the National Eucharistic Congress, we are showing that we care about God, we care about our Catholic faith, and we want that sacramental grace that happens when we are in person together praying with thousands of other Catholics. Wow. Have you had the same experience? I only have a few minutes of press, but I'll tell you, I'll open the phones. If you want to share it, call in right now, 888-914-9149. I'd love to hear your story. 888-914-9149. Like I said, I have a small window to talk with him, but feel free to for join us as well. You, you know, that's what I was saying. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, there's a lot of fallen away Catholics who yeah. always, they know that Christ is truly present, they you do. know, and there's something they can try to say, hey, I got a problem with this priest or this teaching or, <laughs> but deep within your heart, I mean, you know, truth because it resonates on a different frequency. You know, I, I really do believe that it's, true. it's it's still in, in the heart. And I want to invite anyone who's away from the faith to come back. I want to invite you 
if you are in the faith and you have a spouse or a sibling or somebody away from the faith, bring them to the Eucharistic Congress. That's right. I am telling you that, you know, we talk about healings and conversion. I think the greatest fruit of this this conference is going to be conversion. That's right. I, without a doubt in my mind. I, I think so many people who go there are going to reach new heights of spirituality mm-hmm. when it comes to love of the Eucharist. Yep. But I think those they bring with them, the kids that are fighting, the spouse who just went to keep your company or whatever, mm-hmm. they're going to be transformed. There's no doubt. You know, there's no way that you can go and be in the presence of of Christ in that way and hear these powerful testimonies from these world-class speakers. I mean, these are some of the best Catholic speakers, including you, Drew, that are going to be there. Patrick Madrid's going to be there. Father Rocky's going to be there. We have a breakout session on Friday, so you can sign up for that. You can meet and greet all our show hosts. And and it's going to be just an incredible, joyful event. And like you said, if there's someone that's lukewarm and they, if you pay for them or you bring them or you drag them along to this event, I believe their heart is going to be set on fire. Yeah, no doubt in my mind. It can change their life. So here's the thing, Preston. Um, what do they do? Uh, you know, they can get tickets. It's 80,000 seat stadium. And I know the thou- tens of thousands of tickets have already gone. There's still tickets. The problem is we got NASCAR. We got some sort other event that's in there. And there's very limited seats available. I know a lot of people are just joining us and hearing yeah. about this for the first time. We want to invite you to join the Relevant Radio family, uh, Patrick and, and and Father and me and all of those who are on the air, everyone who's going to be there. You're going to be there. Your yeah. family's going to be there. My wife's going to be there. Nancy's going to be there. Patrick. Yeah. Um but there's the, the bad news here, and I'm just we're just telling you this because we don't want you to miss out on it. Um, there's limited packages left, and right. we're going to give you a telephone number where if you want to come and bring your spouse or bring your family, you might want to do it. So fill everyone in on, on what, how they can attend and yeah. ultimately how they can reserve their place if yeah. they can get so, in. So Relent Radio reserved a block of rooms at a, a low cost, a very affordable cost, and and we're offering travel packages for, for people to travel. And once those those rooms are booked, that's that's it. Um, you can go to relevantradio.com, click on the, the homepage or relevantradio.com slash travel. You can, on the homepage of the app right now, that's right there. Otherwise, you can, we do have a phone number. If you, you want to talk to someone and, and, and ask questions, we have a phone number that you can you can call someone right now and talk to them. That phone number is 844-400-9559. Again, that's 844-400-9559. And then you can talk to someone and get plugged in. And if, if we also have discounted admission tickets. So if you already figure out your travel, you want to travel and, and figure out your own arrangements, we have discounted tickets where you can yeah. still get Father's new book, Treasures of the Eucharist, that will only be available then, or or the meet and greet sessions with you guys and and all these other uh, great experiences when when you when you travel with us. So Relevant's also doing, like there's a big stadium there, but then we're also doing breakout sessions. I was talking to several people who are going to be keynotes so there. Yeah. There are going to be sessions on healing. There's going to be all sorts of things. Uh, I know Patrick and Father and I are all going to be making a presentation. I think yep. once or twice. So yep. It's going to be great. Yep. <clears throat> so they can they can do that, but that's really limited too, right? Yeah, so that's one of the challenges. This is why you actually have to get your admission ticket today uh, because those breakout sessions are filling up. If there's a speaker you want to see yeah, for you sure. You might not be able to hear us. You, you need, if you, yeah, if you, want hear, if you want to hear Drew Mariani. I mean, yeah. the, those convention center um, areas only hold so many people. And Fire Code 
limits us from being able to blow down the doors. So right. if you want to hear certain speakers, there's actually some breakout sessions that are already selling out and, and relevant radio, they had to move to a bigger room because we had so many people wanting to hear you. So I, I, I know that if, if people don't get in soon, you know, and if you already have your ticket, make sure to go back and select that special experience on Friday that relevant radio is going to do. Cause it's, it's going to be spectacular what you guys have planned. No, I, I can't, can't wait. wait. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to yes. be fun just to hang out with everybody, get a yeah. chance to, cause we're there for days. It's not like you go to one conference, right? You know, yeah. one event and you see everybody for a couple hours and you're on your way. We're going to bump into each other in adoration and yeah. breakfast during mass. I That's mean, right. we're going to have this opportunity to really interact and, and yeah. be a family, be a community for, for several days. Yeah. There's also day passes. You say, I really can't come for more than, you know, yeah. I can't do four days, but we'll come for the day. There's, there's yeah. day pass, a lot of ways you can get connected. Nick's in Frankfurt, Illinois. Nick, let me grab you quickly here and then I'm going to have to change gears. Good to have you with me. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Drew. Good to be with you. Uh, Good adoration story. Um, my wife and I, before we were married, we were both discerning a vocation, and wow. she was going to go off to Medjugorje to do that. And I, she had an adoration slot at a parish, and um, it was really early in the morning, and she asked me to take it while she was gone. And when I was there in 1993, on the feast day of St. Francis, I got this burning urge to marry her, and we had never dated. Wow. And I got a hold of her while she was in Medjugorje. I said, I'm having these really strange feelings. And then I went back the next day, and it was confirmed. And the Lord said to me, with whom you replace, you must return. And I went to her father. I bought a ring. I said, I'm going to marry your daughter. I'm going to pick her up when she comes home from Medjugorje. He said, you're going to marry her? You haven't even dated her. I said, he says, you think wow. she's going to say yes? I said, I, said, I know she's going to say yes. Wow. So I picked her up from the, from, the, from the plane. We went to that adoration chapel, and I proposed to her in front of our Lord. Wow. She said yes, and then. On the on the the thirteenth anniversary of the apparitions in Medjugorje, on June twenty fourth, wow. we got married. We're going to celebrate our thirtieth anniversary this this June. Thirty years, Nick. That's that's a great. I've heard about people dating for like a day or two and, and proposing. <laughs> I've never heard of anything like that. That's amazing. That's amazing. What a great story. Well, you know, and what a better what, what a place to get that. Hey, that if there's somebody right? that you want to ask out to, for marriage yep. or to date bring out to have it at the nec that would be a great place to to get engaged <laughs> what a great story to tell right oh how did you and mom uh you know it, well we that'd were at great. the national eucharistic congress and your father proposed to me i mean yeah, yeah that'd be great it's awesome it. or maybe you're praying for a spouse make a pilgrimage to sit, there sit there. Uh, Preston, i gotta wrap it up but before great. i do very quickly the phone number again oh, one more way time people if someone wants connected. it 844-400-9559 844-400-9559 9559. Thanks, Drew. And we just want to stress to you again. I mean, this is the t if you want to be part of these breakout sessions, you want to get in. They're filling up. You can't wait a month or two. I, you might miss that opportunity. So at least call, put it on your radar, talk to your spouse, your friends, your neighbors, your kids. Uh, call the number, check out the website, relevantradio.com as well for, for more deets. All right. I need to take a short break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about Jordan Peterson. His wife converted to the Catholic faith. Cal Clark's going to be stopping by. We got a lot more coming up. Hang out with me. I'll be right back. The Drew Mariani Show. Hi, Drew. Thank you. Thank you for your show. This is the Drew Mariani Show. Marvelous show on the radio right now. On Relevant Radio. Join Father Rocky and Bishop Frank DeWayne this Wednesday, February 28th at 7 p.m. Central for a special broadcast of the Family Rosary Across America on the road live at Ave Maria University, our proud sponsor. Video stream on Relevant Radio's app. And at relevantradio.com slash rosary. That's relevantradio.com slash rosary. Welcome back to the conversation. You're listening 
to The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Well, it's good to be with you today. Thanks for joining me. You know, my next guest, I'll bring him back another time to talk about this, but he was a Mormon who converted to the Catholic faith, and you just heard some amazing stories from my colleague Preston here a moment ago. Uh, Dr. Gardner was with me, uh, I think it was the other day, believe it or not, and I said to him, i got to get you back. And uh, we talked about something a little bit different. He actually went to see Dr. Jordan Peterson, who, if you're familiar with him, is perhaps one of the most influential people uh, in, in Christian lives today, even though he himself is not a Christian, at least not yet. His wife, Tammy, is in the process right now becoming Catholic after having a very powerful experience of healing through the through praying the rosary. It's such a gift. And, and and Jordan has a number of conversations with, you know, some of the biggest and the brightest names in the Catholic Church in the U.S. I, you know, one of the brightest minds I know, one of the most eloquent speakers, Bishop Robert Barron, right? The guy is just off the charts. Peter Kreeft is another one. Uh, Father Mike Schmitz, who is just a, a viral sensation with so many, but even though uh, Jordan's been teaching very perceptively about the Bible, and people flock to his lectures uh, to, to hear him, uh, he's got this huge YouTube following, too. People listen to him speak about the Bible and other religious topics. He's still declared, you know, he's, well, he hasn't come out yet and really said, ah, whether he believes Jesus is the Son of God. Of course, as Catholics, look, we don't need a celebrity you know, to validate what you and I know is true. But that's the trap that some people fall into for some reason. They think they need that assurance or that, you know, I don't know, that, that, that articulation from some celebrity. It's not true. You don't. Jesus is the second person of the Blessed Trinity. He is the only source and validation you need. And it doesn't matter if Peterson doesn't believe in the faith when he's teaching believers about the faith. But there was a great article written by Dr. Jeff Gardner. And uh, it's a question that my friend uh, found himself asking after he and his wife went to a Peterson lecture in St. Louis just recently. And uh, if you want to check out the article, I would suggest you check out jeffgardner.online. That's his website, jeffgardner.online. It's great to have Dr. Gardner with me once again. Doctor, thanks for your time. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Drew. It's, it's good to be back. It's been too long. I think it was yesterday. <laughs> it really has. It's been hours. <laughs> hey, uh, Doctor, fill us in on what happened. I mean, I, you're an intellectual too. I mean, I know you must have really loved uh, Jordan Peterson. He was on my program probably 15 or 20 years ago. I had him on several times before he skyrocketed really into into fame. I should have him back on. He was just in the Chicago area, and I think somebody in the area had tickets. Maggie gave him to was invited to go to see him. You saw him. Um, he's reached this unusual celebrity status. Uh, fill fill everyone in if those who don't know who he is and why he's making such waves and what your takeaway from the experience was. Yeah, so he, you know, he's a he's a clinical psychologist. He was a, a professor of psychology at a university in Toronto, Canada for many years. He's a distinguished scholar. He uh, did a guest lecture bit at Harvard. So this isn't a guy who just fell off the pumpkin truck. Um, and he, he was catapulted into uh, sort of the, the, the limelight uh, of YouTube when he stood up against a, a bill uh, introduced into the Canadian Parliament with, that would require people, including teachers, professors, to address people by their preferred pronouns. And he just said, no, 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 thank you. And they, they threatened him with uh, firing and all sorts of, of disciplinary actions. And he held his ground. And this pushed him out into the public eye. 
all the while, as a lecturer and a clinical psychologist, he had been um, talking about things like Scripture, talking about things like foundational texts that are part of our Western Judeo tradition. And so I think he took that sort of as his cue that this is, um, you know, this is going to be a direction that, that, that he delves into. And, and you know, it, it's tremendously important. And that is what he's been doing now for, gosh, about the last eight years. I think he's probably best known to people through his 12 Rules for Life series, sort of, you know, how to straighten yourself out and straighten yourself up. But he's got a new book coming out called We Who Wrestle with God, in which he takes on some of the major stories found in the Old Testament, specifically in the book of Genesis, and walks them through. And that was the core of the uh, lecture. He is a very compelling speaker, very, um, you know, uh, compelling stage presence. And I and one thing that struck me as we sat down in the theater, my wife and I, and there were hundreds of people there, was how many people had, because it was on Ash Wednesday, how many people had ashes on their forehead, which was a giveaway to me, to how many Catholics, at least mass-going Catholics, are here to listen to this guy. And I thought, okay, if we're here to listen to what he says, then let's ask critically, as Christians, what is he saying about these stories that are central to us in our faith? And so that was sort of the, the, the jump-off point for the article and my approach um, uh, you know, to the evening and and to uh, you know what he was up to that night. Well, let's pick it up there. Why is that question even important? I know you asked that over the stream dot org recently about whether it's important if he shares his faith and addresses that question. So absolutely, now, as you point out, you know, first and foremost, as as Catholics, we don't need anybody to validate our beliefs. However, as Catholics, and I, you know, I, I as a, as someone that grew up a Mormon and then really struggled his way into the church, one of the central questions that we have is, why is it that we hold Scripture as authoritative? Well, we hold Scripture as authoritative because there's an authoritative body behind it, that is, the church. Okay, so if someone like Jordan Peterson or Joseph Campbell, is another figure, you know, back in the 70s and 80s who did this, is going to make a living out of telling, and Christians, telling us Christians, what these texts mean, then I think it's a, it's at the very least a good idea for at, for us to ask the speaker, well, what do they mean to you? Because central to the central to scripture, the authority of the church, and therefore the validity of scripture, is the divinity of Jesus of Nazareth. That is the Christ, which literally means it comes from the Greek Christos, but Christos in Latin, the God Man. And so if you take the God-man out of the story about God and you, you reduce him to, you know, a, 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 a sage, a wise philosopher, or just a general all-around good guy that you should listen to, that's not the centrality of the Christian story. So now what you're teaching is a meaning of something that strips it from its essential meaning. And I like Jordan Peterson. I like reading his work. I like listening to him, um, even some of his more obscure academic work. And I certainly hope that, um, you know, as he, whatever journey he's on, because he's very circumspect about this, that he comes to the understanding, and this is an historical understanding, this is, this is not merely an understanding of faith, 
that the uniqueness of Jesus Christ was quite literally the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. And we have this in a number of sources, not just Scripture. We have this from Roman historians like Tacitus, from Jewish historians like Josephus, from, from later figures in the, in the ancient world who were trying to figure out what exactly these Christians were up to, like Pliny and the Emperor Trajan. We have descriptions of Jesus as completely unique from everybody else that makes the uniqueness of Jesus central to the Gospels. And so if you don't wrestle with that and make a serious attempt at coming to an answer, well, then I'm less inclined to listen to what you have to say about the meaning of all of these other texts. Because if you can't, yeah. you know, grapple with that meaning. And, and for me as a convert, this was so central. I, I have to tell you, Drew, I mean, I was listening to your, your last segment on the Eucharist. Um, that's what finally pinned me to the wall. And it was, it was right out of the Gospel of John and, and the Discourse on the Bread of Life. This is a finger that sticks out of the text right into your, your, your chest and says, wow. who do you say that I am? And it, it, it's, it's such a remarkable scripture, you know, the, the poor apostles and the disciples and the people going, I, 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 <laughs> and it is, it, it is, it's the, it's only one of two places in the gospels in which those who are listening to Jesus are so confounded. They, they, they just cannot wrap their head around this, that some of them leave. And the other one is the crucifixion, yeah. which prefigures the resurrection. So this is so important to the meaning of these stories that if you don't grapple with it and you don't come to, you know, I'm not saying everybody who wants to talk about the Gospels has to raise their hand and give us a profession of faith and say amen. But if you won't grapple with it seriously, well, how seriously um, should we take what you have to say about the text? And and Maggie, you've seen... Dr. Peterson, right? You've been at as well. I know you wanted to jump in. I'll let you go ahead and share with Jeff what you wanted to. Yeah, I've I've been following his work for a long time. Um, when he was a, a professor at the University of Toronto, and um, I, it's been fascinating to witness him on this journey. And I think just because he he hasn't totally grasped, you know, this concept of the God Man, doesn't discount this this journey. I think it's it's. I can understand his apprehension and you can tell in certain conversations like like when he's talked with Bishop Barron he he right. does sort of hit a ceiling that he hasn't quite broken through yet and you can you can see that ceiling of grace really I think is what it is because you you can see the difference between his speech and Bishop Barron's speech mm-hmm. Jordan is is naturally a you know a skeptic he's a he's a scientist he he wants to like discover things through um like trial and error sort of, or, or thesis and error. And, uh, you know, Baron is coming from this sort of space where grace is a gift given from above. And I, I, I see what you're saying, Dr. Gardner. Um, I, I think it's important to allow someone that space of blossoming into this without like too much pressure, because I think he knows this is going to be a very public thing if he does, convert you know th- this this will be front page news but and let me jump Absolutely. in on that maggie though too and but i sit back here and say this guy's such an intellect why hasn't he made the connections well i actually have some clips he was on ewtn i think it was two weeks ago colm flynn did an interview with him about 
Tammy, his wife's conversion yeah. to the Catholic faith. faith. There's a couple clips that lead up to the, the, the final clip that really Colm Flynn just asks him yeah. point blank before the interview's over. He says, you know, are you feeling drawn to the Catholic faith? Wow. Let, let me let me play just yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, play a couple of these. Yeah, plug whatever you think we have. Okay. Yep. The question for Tammy and for people of faith all over the world and, and all the different religions is that, I know you've said before, the Catholic faith is the closest people will get to sanity or to keep people sane. That's <laughs> sad to say. But, you know, th- th- that's it. Is this something, just some th- rules and guidelines that we need to keep us from despair? Because well, there's different it, levels of depth. Or is, is there something more, something more divine about this? Yes, sure. You know, Tammy had engaged in a lot of disciplinary practices prior to deepening her Christian faith and those other disciplinary practices had their utility. All of that deepened partly as a consequence of her ordeal. And as it deepened, it took on a more Christian form. But I think that's inevitable because what's deepest inevitably takes on a Christian form. Like if you pursue any disciplinary endeavor, that will take you into the depths. If you pursue a multitude of disciplinary endeavors to the ultimate degree, that will take you to the final depths. And you'll discover what is to be discovered in the final depths. And that's, well, that's the light at the end of the tunnel, I suppose. It's the darkness first, though. So he kind of circumvents the the question there, like you (laughs) mentioned, Dr. Gardner. Very Jordan Peterson. Very Jordan (laughs) Peterson, yes. This one, um, Comflin asks him more about uh, what the church has going for it and and maybe where we're falling short. When we look at the Catholic Church and its decline in recent years, less young people going, less people signing up for a religious life, and since... You could say the 60s. Well, if it's all guitar and hippies, who cares? But since, the, since Vatican II, let's mm. say in the 60s, the church has been aiming to be more relevant, yeah, right. more welcoming. So it's... There's yeah, been, what's the that's problem? not working. It's, it's not shallow, working. obviously. Shallow and contemptible. No, it's supposed to be an invitation to the great adventure of life. What's the great adventure of life? Pick up your cross and follow me. That's the invitation. And the church lost faith in that. We have to be relevant. Well, what's more relevant than that? Mm. As soon as you say that you need to be more relevant than that, what you're doing technically is putting something else above that. Well, that's not going to work, not if the original proposition was correct. And obviously the original proposition is correct. You might say, well, why obviously? Okay, well... Christ faced and triumphed over death and hell. And you might say, well, why is that relevant? And the answer is, because that's what you have to do. Right, and everyone, you're stuck with it. The gateway to paradise is by the cherubs who have swords that flame and turn every which way. What does that mean? It means it's hard to get into the club, man. Anything that isn't worthy gets cut and burned away. Well, of course, that's hell especially if you resist it, really. And there's no sugarcoating that, and that isn't what people want anyways. Young people want an adventure. Why do you think they're so concerned with saving the planet? Wow, a lot of truth in that. Maggie, what's the third one? So this third one is just before the interview ends, and Colm Flynn just asks him, you know, your wife came to the faith. 
have you felt any uh, desire to? And, and this was his answer. Let me ask you finally, Tammy, with her deepened faith, has felt this tug towards the Catholic Church, the Catholic yeah. faith, let's say, Catholicism. I know your studies in the Old Testament, those lecture series that you did, phenomenally successful. Does any part of you feel a tug as well? Towards the Catholic Church? Towards the Catholic faith. There's plenty of things the Catholic faith got right. So is there a tug towards it? There's an appreciation for it. So everybody has their own path. Tammy's on hers. I'm on mine. Wow. That's interesting family dynamic. Maggie, thank you for pulling that audio. And Maggie and I were talking to Dr. Gardner about, um, he asked a question about the church or the faith. I mean, you know, it's almost yeah. like there's a distinction huh. between the two for him. Um, your thoughts on that exchange, oh, you heard him speak. Again, I go back to what I said before we ran the audio. For a man of such intellectual prowess as Jordan Peterson, why he can't see what men like Barron and so many others have found um, through through reason, through the pursuit um, of, of the truth, that the Catholic Church is the fullness of the faith. Or, or you know, G.K. Chesterton or C.S. Lewis. John Paul II uh, or anybody. Take a look right, at these guys. Right, right. Now, I mean, you know, look, on and, and we should know as Catholics that there are, there are many depths to Scripture that we don't read it literally, I mean, first and foremost, because if you could, if you did, it doesn't make any sense, you know, right from the very beginning. It's like, okay, where does, where does Cain's wife come from? So it, it, it's not written in a, in, a, in a literal, linear manner. Okay, it's it's you know as 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 I think it was best put when the argument uh, raised by Galileo arose. That's it's not a book about how the heavens go. It's a book about how to go to heaven. So it has many layers, but it's not that at the bottom of it is the God Man. It's at the center of it is the God Man. So I appreciate, you know, and I've listened to and read some of his really academic stuff, like Maps of Meaning. That is a beautiful book. I've read it or listened to it now about five times, and I'm still pulling material out of it. It's a very, very complicated book. So I appreciate where he's coming from. But there have been others that have approached this intellectually. St. Thomas Aquinas comes to mind. Um, you know, read the first part of the Summa Theologica, and the very first question is, does God exist, yes or no? And we go through this, reasoned argument. What I, I don't know, but what I suspect, recalling my own conversion from Mormonism to atheism to Christianity, and, and having known many, many others, what I suspect is that there are elements that have really very little to do with the intellectual um, arguments here that Dr. Peterson is wrestling with. And, for, and in my case, I called these the secondary elements, or, or many of them were emotional elements. They didn't have anything to do with the reasoned aspect of the faith, which I understand. In fact, my baptismal name I took as Thomas Francis to reflect my interest both in Thomas Aquinas and St. Francis of Assisi. Mm. So, so I understand that. And of course we respect that. You know, and, and I'm not, in my article, I'm not saying well, okay, but before I buy the next book, I, I, I expect to see an altar call out of you, Dr. Right. Peterson. Yeah. That's, not what I, that's not what I'm getting at. But as Catholics, we should, we should 
be discerning about who it is that we listen closely to when they tell us what these scriptures mean. Yeah, I, and that I, actually that circles all the way back to the magisterium of the church, which is where we start. It's such a great point. It's such a great cautionary tale. Now, you wrote about this, and I think your piece is great. It wasn't that long. It's an easy read. If people want to read it. Maybe they, they love Jordan Peterson. They may say, hey, I'd like to dive a little bit deeper into this. How do they read uh, your article? Yeah, they can they can find a link to it at jeffgardner.online, or just go over to the stream and um, and look up, you know, type in Jeff Gardner, and they, they'll see that, and any, anything else that I've written there. As well, and if you know if they have something to say, or you know, pro or con, they don't agree with me. Please, I answer every email that uh, that I receive. I may not be able to answer it on that day, but right. I do get to them all. Good for you. Hey, I only have a moment or two left, and I'm, I'm curious. Maybe we'll have you back. You shared your story with me years ago, but I'd love to do it again at some point. You're a convert to the faith from Mormonism. You, I think you went, as you pointed out, to atheism, then into the Catholic Church. Um, the role of the Eucharist in all of this? How did that play into your to your conversion? You know, it, it was absolutely central. When I was probably at my lowest depth as, a, as an atheist, I would go and sit, and I, I lived in the city of Salt Lake City. I would sit in the cathedral of Salt uh, in Salt Lake City, and I can remember so distinctly seeing this little red camp, this little red light, this camp, and, and not having any idea what it was. And I was so drawn to that. And then when I was in catechesis, I was I actually felt very badly. I felt kind of guilty. I was so drawn to the Eucharist. And I, and I went to the priest that was overseeing our catechetical class. And I said, you know, I, I just I have this irresistible urge to take communion. I'm not baptized yet. I haven't grown up a Mormon. I said, is that bad? He said, no, 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 no. That's not bad at all. That's what's supposed to happen. Wow. So for me... It, it was really the starting point of my conversion, yeah. even when I didn't know it. That's how powerful it was in my life. Well, and Jeff, in 2008, I remember I've known you for a long time. Um, you were the only Catholic journalist to be given an interview by the atheist PZ Myers. And if people don't remember, he's the one who desecrated a consecrated host. What did that teach you about the Eucharist? Uh, you know, I mean, it, it sort of popped what I would, what I describe at that time as a real bubble of naivete, hmm. because I assumed that everybody else had this tremendous reverence for it, whether they were Catholic or not, witnessed by the Catholics who had a reverence for it. And so first and foremost, when I saw what he did, I think he stuck a nail through it and threw it in the trash yeah, and took yeah. these pictures and posted it online. It's just yeah. terrible. Yeah. I was just gobsmacked. <laughs> And then when nobody else wanted to step up to him and say, hey, just a second, do you, do you realize what you're doing? Yeah. Um, that surprised me as well. And as it turned out, in, uh, you know, in interviewing and writing the article, I didn't have to do anything except for give him the floor, and he hung himself. I mean, he, he revealed himself to be just the nasty, bitter, um, uninformed yeah. you know, individual that he was. Yeah. And um, so... You know, on the one hand, it was sort of an awakening to me, and on the other, it was sort of a, hmm, yep. okay. Well, Doctor, always good to talk to you. Come back again. We'll we'll share your story, which is uh, quite inspirational. I don't know if you were listening to Preston, who was with me a little bit earlier, talking about how many uh, Mormons knocked on his door and how they, hey, the Eucharist brought him into the faith. So I'm grateful for all that you do. I hope people will check you out online. The best way to do that, jeffgardner.online. Go to thestream.org. You can check them out there. And thanks for making time for us, Doctor. 
Thank you. Thank you so very, very much. That's Dr. Jeff Gardner. I need to take a quick pause. Stay with me when I return. Kel Clark is going to be stopping by. We'll talk with him. Approaching the final segment of the Drew Mariani Show today. Be right back. The Drew Mariani Show. Connected. Connected. Relevant Radio. Sponsor of the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. Invites high school juniors, seniors, and recent graduates to study the great books this summer at UD's two-week-long Arate program while earning three hours of college credit. Info at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Get caught up on that conversation you missed by going to the Relevant Radio archives. Just select The Drew Mariani Show. Yeah, well, hey, thanks for joining me. We've got a few moments left to uh, hang out with you. It's always good to talk with you. If you want to join me, number's 888-914-9149. And, of course, uh, Kale Clark, my colleague, is going to be joining me in a second here. And uh, I want to put something on your radar very quickly. You probably heard a lot about it throughout the day. There is a National Eucharistic Congress that is underway right now. And, uh, well, Congress, there's a revival underway right now, but we're going to be celebrating the Congress in July and really want to invite you to come and, and participate with us. It's going to be extraordinary. I'm telling you, if you uh, have a special need or intention you're praying for, uh, consider taking a pilgrimage to Indianapolis where 80,000 faithful are going to be praying, invoking God, storming the heavens with their prayers and their petitions. You can join me and... Patrick Madrid and Father Simon and Kale Clark and Timory and the whole Relevant Radio team there. And uh, we'll be joined not just with the Relevant Radio family, but with people of the country all over. And it's going to be a life-changing event. I was sharing a little bit earlier that uh, there's been several Eucharistic Congresses, but if you think about it, the 1926 Congress... It was held in Chicago. There was almost a half a million people, about 400,000 people poured into that area. And you you take the the world, the the country, the nation over was on fire with the Catholic faith. Take a look at those early chapters of American history. The Catholic faith was really respected. 50 years later, there was a loss of, of faith, not like it is today. But what happened in 1976? A million and a half people descended on Philadelphia. They came to the city of brotherly love. And we had a huge Eucharistic Congress. I was just a young kid. But now, in July of 2024, it's our turn. That's right. I really want to invite you to join us for what's going to be an extraordinary event. I want to give you a telephone number. I want to get you plugged into a website. And if you can, be part of this once-in-a-generation experience. It's a once-in-a-generation experience. You can come to this uh, great Eucharistic Congress. Go to relevantradio.com. You'll see information there. Nativity Pilgrimage is setting up travel. I'm joined right now by my colleague, Cal. He'll be with me there, along with the rest of our colleagues. And, Cal, it's good to have you on the air with me. Good afternoon. Drew, it is so good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. And you're going to return the favor. We're going to do a little home and home. You're going to stick around and be part of the K.O. Clark Show for the first few minutes. Well, that'd be wait. good. It's always fun to hang out with you. I get to listen to you as I sit in the studio here and write my promo for the next day. And then <laughs> when I hop in my car and I'm driving home, I get to listen to your conversation. So you keep me company hey. in the afternoon. It's going to be fun. You're looking forward to going to uh, this Eucharistic Congress. Have you been to one before? You know, it's interesting because I've been to an international Eucharistic Congress and... 
you say, what's the difference? I, I would say this, the, the NEC, the National Eucharistic right. Congress, it's, it's kind of like the Super Bowl. I get, and and it's, it's being held at a football stadium, of course, Lucas Oil yeah. Stadium, the home of the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, this week, of course, at Lucas Oil Stadium, it's the NFL Combine. They're scouting all the college players. And um, I am really looking forward to being there. I'm also looking forward to uh, Drew taking me out to the St. Elmo Steakhouse, very famous steakhouse <laughs> in Indianapolis. So he's promised me he will foot the bill for that. So I'm excited about that. You know what's funny about that? Patrick Madrid promised he'd take me there. Oh, well, maybe so, he's paying for both of us. You know, I, I guess just, we're, we're on Patrick's tab. It, it, yeah, well, it's just like it, we're going to pay it forward here. It's, it's like guys in the drive-thru, you just pay for the guy behind you. Yeah, that, that sounds good to me. But but so so there's sort of the National Eucharistic Congress, and then there's there are international congresses as well. So if the NEC is like the Super Bowl, I'd say the international ones are like the Olympics. Yeah. And I, I went to the one in 2008 wow. in Quebec City in Canada. I was, you know, being Canadian, it was just down the road a few hours. So went to that, and, and Drew, it blew me away. It was unreal. Uh, it, it truly was uh, an experience not to be missed. And so... I, I really hope that people do sign up. And we're, yes, we're the official sponsor, but I'm telling you, this is the kind of thing that you're going to be telling your grandkids about. This is the kind of thing that, that is going to ignite your faith, maybe the faith of your family. Bring your kids, bring your grandkids. I, I just think it's going to have reverberations. Like you, you talked yeah. about Philadelphia and what you remember that like it was yesterday. Well, yeah, you know, I, I remember missing an event. You know, I remember in 1993 or 94, I had a production company and I had sent a crew out to when John Paul II came to Denver. And so many people to this day talk mm. about having been at that particular event, right? They talk about the vocations that have come from it, the graces that they sure. received, how monumental that event was, what John <clears> Paul <throat> said, here's a future saint that addressed. And I did not go. And, and part of my regret was not wow. going. I, I paid for the crew to go. I could have easily went, but I forget what happened that kept me from going to that mm. particular event. And I, I hope people don't run into the same type of experience because you might think, oh, you know, I'll get tickets later. I, I don't know if tickets are going to be around later. There probably will be That's to get there, point. but the problem is the the, the lodging. It's, it's the rooms. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and Relevant has what? Just a limited quantity of those, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, unless you want to bunk with us, you better book your room now. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe you want to. I don't know. But uh, be a crowded room. We're messy. So, no, just kidding. But, <laughs> no. but, but you know what I'm really excited about, even more so than just being there, Drew, is that I, I checked the website today. And man, I didn't know this. You're giving a talk, man. This is I'm going to have a sandwich board outside of Lucas Oil with your picture <laughs> on it saying, get in there and listen to this guy. Well, are you, what are you going to talk about? Uh, how? Well, I know it's going to be the Eucharist. You, you know, but. actually, I was surprised I was actually giving a talk. I didn't even know it at the time. <laughs> Neither did Patrick. <laughs> you know, apparently, I guess the network must have, you know, the misbehaved arrangements. Actually, you know, you know, so you so, or I got an email from a listener who said to me, oh, I can't wait to hear you. You hear you at the kind of, and I said, hear me. What are you talking about? I'm going to be broadcasting from the, I, I thought mm -hmm. we were just doing our shows, you know, doing right, some right. meet and greets. And I got online and I saw my headshot and I'm like, what? I'm <laughs> giving a talk. So I'm like, well, that was a surprise. And I told Madrid the same thing. I'm like, yo, you, you know, we're talking at this event. So, but what I found out too, is there's going to be a couple sessions. Father Rocky's going to pray in the rosary mm -hmm. every day on the main yep. stage. Um, there's going to be a breakout session, you know, and apparently Preston was telling me, he's our chief financial officer here, mm -hmm. that there was such a response for people who wanted to attend the relevant radio talks that they had to move us to a bigger venue. Wow. So I think Patrick and I and, and Father will be there. I mean, you're going to be in the room. We'll all be meeting and greeting and hanging out with everybody. I'll be there. Yeah, you'll Lord be doing willing. your show. And then yeah. um, 
And then I, I don't know if there's another event on the main stage that we're doing as well. I, I don't I don't know how it's all working out. I'm I'm just you know I'm alone for the ride. I'm gonna go do the show because I love doing it. I'm gonna love hanging out with our family, our spiritual family there, and and with you because you're always a lot of fun. It's always fun to hang out with. So uh, I would encourage others to do the same thing, but get tickets because you know what the thing is, you might be able to get a ticket to the stadium, but you may not be able to get into the venue. Exactly. So the best thing to do in order to get that, here's the number that they've passed on to me, and I, I'll pass it along to you, prayerfully concern, discern what you can do. 844 400 9559 844-400-9559. And that's Nativity Pilgrimage. She'll help you with all your arrangements. RelevantRadio.com's got the info as well. What are you talking about today, Cal? What's coming up on your show? Well, I tell you what, we got a couple exciting things happening. As you know, I host The Faith Explained as well, 1230 Central. We just started a, a great series for Lent. It's a Lenten journey with Jonah. The reluctant prophet, thrown overboard, you know, does not want to preach to the Ninevites, hates their guts really dies in the belly, belly of the fish. It's quite a Eucharistic image. He gets spit up onto the shore, and he preaches to them, and they repent. It's sackcloth and ashes and everything. So stick around for that. Tomorrow is, is part two. If you missed the first one, check the podcast. But today on the Kale Clark Show, and Drew, you're going to join me for the first yeah. few minutes, we're going to continue the conversation we started yesterday about whether or not God, belief in God, is a crutch. Sometimes we get this accusation thrown at us. Your, your faith is nothing more than a crutch to get you through the highs and lows of life. You can't cope. And I'm going to show why that's a bogus argument. So I hope you'll join me for the rest of the show, too, Drew. You'll be listening in the car. Well, I I love both both shows. In fact, I always tell you how much I enjoy Faith Explained. I think that is something (laughs) people can go back to and and listen to. They can binge it or they can take it with them. They don't have to wait for every day's podcast. So keep up your good work, Kale. It's always good to have you you all on the air. Appreciate you. All right, I've got to wrap it up. Kale Clark is coming straight up. I'm going to stick around. So hang out with us. We'll be back right after this.